0: If you do ask a successful investor, what is the secret of your success in investing? He would say, without a doubt, that timing is everything. I had the privilege of knowing and meeting some great military strategists. If you ask any of them, what is the secret of your military victory? I think they would say, without hesitation, that timing is everything. It's an important thing to understand that, that timing is important. It was Yogi Berra who used to say that you don't have to swing hard to hit a home run. If you've got the timing right, it will go. This timing principle can work for good and can work for evil. It's neutral. And perhaps there is no one understand this principle of timing like Satan himself. He is a master planner understanding the timing. And that is why I've been telling you throughout the series of messages, don't underestimate Satan's strategy and his clever techniques. Don't ever underestimate Satan's ability to wait for the perfect timing, for the opportune time before he tries to ambush us as believers. Don't underestimate Satan's commitment to the principle that timing is everything. A couple of weeks ago, I was reading the same account of Matthew from the Gospel of Luke. And in the Gospel of Matthew, it was now chapter 4, and in the Gospel of Luke, happened to be chapter 4 as well. And so, I began to read the account of Luke, and I noticed that the Holy Spirit inspired Dr. Luke to add something there that is not in Matthew. If you turn with me, Luke chapter 4, I'm particularly going to look at verses 13, 14, and 15. Look at Luke 4, 13 with me, please. And when the devil had finished every temptation, every temptation, they're all codified in those three, pleasure, popularity, and power, he departed from him, that is, departed from Jesus, until an opportune time. Until an opportune time. Four words added here by Dr. Luke in his account that exposed to us Satan's strategy, exposed to us his techniques. Uh, he exposed to us his perseverance and waiting for the right time before he attacks. And as I look back in my own life, and this is absolutely the truth, he is constantly looking for opportune time. Satan does not give up just because you had one victory. <laughs> He does not sit there and they said, oh, man, I got defeated. That's it. I gave it my best shot, and I failed. I might as well give up. No, it doesn't work that way. He does never do that. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to show you in a minute that after a great victory, not only Satan does not give up and, and get away, but these are after a great blessing from the hand of God that is clearly the work of the supernatural. (laughs) Those are the times when you and I need to be absolutely on our guard. You see, when Satan left Jesus, Luke said, Satan began to look for new opportunities to tempt Jesus. He began to look for an opportune time. He began to look for a new timing in which he can try to ambush him, he began to strategize what his next step is going to be. He failed to get Jesus when he was hungry and tired and in the wilderness. He said, now there could be other opportunities, and I'm going to try again. As if to say, I failed to get him to go against the will of the Father. I failed to get Him to doubt His Father. I failed to get Him to take what is already His, but take it now before the cross. Now that I've failed with all those three things, I'm going to keep on trying. I'm looking for an opportune time. I'm going to look at taking another shot at Him, and then another shot. And He does, again and again. Now, you and I know He does that to us. Now, just because you got a great victory, or got a great blessing, and they say, okay, this is great now. No, 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 no. That's the time when you need to be careful. He will try again and again, and he did it with Jesus. When twisting the Scripture did not work in tempting Jesus, he basically tried to use the chief apostle, Peter, You see, be very careful. Sometimes non-discerning believers can be a source of trouble because they're not aware, they're not on their guard, they can say things and they can do things that can discourage us and disappoint us and may even hurt us. Some non-discerning believers cause more harm and more havoc than those who are outside of the church. And that is why in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16, we see the very man, the chief apostle, the very man, Peter, who said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God in Caesarea Philippi. It's the same man. In the next breath, he was trying to keep Jesus from going to the cross. And what did Jesus call him? He said, get behind me, Satan. He called this chief apostle, Satan. He said, oh, this is harsh. In this politically correct environment, this is harsh. How can Jesus call Peter, Satan. Yeah, because he was not discerning and he allowed Satan to use him. Why? Jesus called Peter Satan because unwittingly Peter was doing Satan's bidding. No doubt Satan showed up again and again. No doubt in my mind that he showed up in Gethsemane when Jesus was sweating blood and saying, Father, if there's some other way. Probably Satan said to him, and I'm speculating, it's not in the Word of God. I offered it to you. I told you you can have it all now. He didn't have to go to the cross. But again, Satan was defeated again and again, and on the cross he was disarmed. Even finally, in John chapter 13, we read that Satan entered into the heart of Judas Iscariot. You see, he can use an undiscerning brother or sister, but then he can really enter into a false brother or false sister in order to do damage. You see, when the Bible said that Satan is like a hungry lion, he's prowling around looking to whom he can devastate, He's looking for an opportune time. It's exactly what he's doing. When he's going around looking for an opportune time. Time when you and I are not alert. Time when you and I are not watchful. Times when we let our guard down. Times when we are flushed with victory or great blessing from the hand of God. Hear me on this one. Those times are when you and I get ourselves in Satan's direct firing line. And that is why the Bible said that we must always be sober. What does it mean? That we always must be on our guard. We cannot let our guard down, particularly after a great blessing, particularly after a great victory, particularly after God answered our prayers. Those are the times in our lives when we need to be doubly sensitive in hearing the alarm bells. According to Luke 4.13, Satan does have an opportune time. There are times more opportune than others. So the question is, what are Satan's opportune time? What are these favorable opportunities, favorable conditions in our lives that give him a chance to attack us and tempt us? Listen, Satan is always looking for opportunities to ambush us especially when our God's down. He works with the element of surprise. That's his opportune time. Satan always uses some of the most unlikely people, unfortunately, to ambush us. Again, what are these favorable times? What are these opportune times which the enemy attacks us and, and try to tempt us and bring us down? I'm glad you asked because I really want to tell you. But before I answer that question, I need to remind you that when the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 6 to put on the whole armor of God, it does not say you do that on occasions, or you do that when you need to, or you do that uh, in the morning and then forget about it, but He says to put it on all the time, that is every moment of every day, every waking moment you have the full armor on. Amen? Why? Why? And the Bible tells us why. The Word of God tells us why. So that we may be able to stand in the evil day. What is that evil day? The evil day is those days or the times, the opportunities when it's favorable for Satan to attack us. That's an evil day, when he goes after you. Now, for some of you, you may be At Satan's opportune time right now, this very moment, as I'm speaking, and you're sitting here and you're saying, man, that's where I am. In this case, listen to me, please. Please accept this as a word from the Lord directly to you. Finally, I get to answer my question. Opportune time, Satan's opportune time number one. Opportune time number one for Satan is after... A great blessing. After a great blessing. After a great victory. Immediately after a great victory. Look again. Chapter 4, verse 1. It's the same thing in Matthew, but here Luke, Chapter 4, verse 1. He said, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. Now, we've been seeing this. I've been showing you this. Every message I've been showing you that right after heaven opened and the voice of God the Father spoke. I mean, imagine hearing the voice of God the Father. All these thousands of people who are coming in to be baptized by John the Baptist, and right there at the River Jordan, the voice of the Father dramatically proclaimed the identity of Jesus. He is not just a Messiah. He is not just a prophet. He is not just this or that. He is the eternal Son, my eternal Son, who coexisted with me before eternity. You can only imagine the drama. You can imagine the incredible drama that has been created in this incredible victory. And very soon, while Jesus still in one ear hearing the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son, in the other ear Satan was saying, if you are the Son of God. (laughs) Or since you claim to be the Son. Or because you are the Son of God. Prove it. By sinning against the Father. Here it is. While Jesus spiritually is on top of the world, as it were, spiritually speaking, Satan is plotting to bring him into crashing defeat. This is always Satan's opportune time, number one. Right after receiving a great blessing... Right after receiving a great victory, right after experiencing the thrill of answered prayer, right after when you have been on fire for Christ, right after that time, he comes in and he pours water on your fire. Satan is always strategizing at which pin to use in order to burst your spiritual balloon. He takes details very seriously. While Satan attacks us at our weakest point, when we're physically not well, when emotionally we're not well, he did this to Elijah. While this is always expected, always anticipated, and yet he reserves his deadliest arsenals after a great blessing, after a great victory. He waits until you're spiritually speaking on top of the world. Why does he do this? Why does Satan reserves his deadliest arsenal for when we are on top of the world? Please listen carefully. Times immediately after a great blessing, times immediately after a great victory. These are the times when we feel least dependent on God. Boy, you made it big. Boy, you just don't have much needs now. You don't need anybody. You're independent. You're self-sufficient now. You're okay. These are the times when you're not desperate for God like you were when you were praying for, petitioning God, begging God to answer your prayer. These are the times you are not crying out to God. These are the times when you are not pouring your heart out to God. These are the times When you feel least vulnerable, these are the times you feel invincible. You notice I've been saying, using the word feel, feel, feel. I did this for a reason. Let's get real with each other, okay? None of us, can you say, none of us? us. And your pastor included. None of us handle blessings, whether they're spiritual or material, very well. None of us handle victory very well. And here's the problem. Satan knows it. He knows it. And that is why he's always watching to see, what are you going to do after a great blessing? What are you going to do after a great victory? What are you going to do after God give you an answer to prayer that you have prayed for? And that's why Proverbs 16, 18 said, pride goes before destruction and the Holy Spirit before the fall. Let me ask you a question. Where are you now? Where are you now? It's between you and God. Where are you now? Are you riding high? Has God blessed you in some way? Have you just experienced victory over sin? Have you just received an answer to prayer that you prayed for for years? Have you received a great honor? Have you just been seeing your, your dreams being fulfilled? Have you uh, been given a new lease on life? Whatever you are right now, at this very moment, have you done just something, done something great for God? Then I want to tell you, watch out! Watch out! You are on Satan's firing line. You are in Satan's opportune time zone. You are on Satan's most wanted list. See, Michael, well how do I watch? After a great blessing, after a great victory, after a great answer to prayer. How how can I really be on my guard? How to watch? Listen, I want to answer that very quickly. You must take as much time in prayer after victory as you did when you were petitioning God. Spend more time in thanking and praising God for the victory and for the blessing than you did when you were crying out to God in prayer. That's the only way I know. Satan's opportune time, number one, immediately after a great blessing or victory. Satan's opportune time, number two, immediately before a great blessing, immediately before receiving a great victory, immediately before receiving a great success in whatever your endeavor. Whenever you purpose in your heart to do something great for God, whenever you go about purposing in your heart and working about to bring glory to God, Whenever you're about to do something that you know in your heart has God's favor all over it, whenever you're about to receive an answer to long-awaited prayer, Satan will tempt you to sin. He will. Why? So that he may hinder you from receiving that blessing. I did not say that he succeeds. I didn't say that. Okay? I didn't say that he will succeed. I'm saying he will try. He will try to get you to give up. He will try to get you to quit. He will try to give you to give in. He will try to get you to stop praying. And I said, I prayed long enough and God is not answering. I'm going to stop. <laughs> he will try to get you your train derail just before you get to the station. <laughs> Look with me again. Luke chapter 4. Jesus was tempted immediately after a great blessing. And the declaration of God the Father, this is my beloved Son. Ah, but if you look at verses 14 and 15, same chapter, you will see that was immediately prior a great success, prior to a great victory. Let me read it. Jesus returned to Galilee, that's from the wilderness, after He went to the wilderness, went back to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can't get better than that. (laughs) And the news about Him spread to the whole countryside. He taught in the synagogues, and here it is, everyone praised Him. Let's say that together. Everyone praised Him. (laughs) The greatest blessings on Jesus' ministry was awaiting Him after the wilderness experience, after the wilderness temptation, after His victory in the wilderness. The greatest victory in terms of healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, were around the corner (laughs) after Jesus' victory in the wilderness. Beloved, listen to me. Your greatest blessing is awaiting you after a great trial and test. And you might be going through one right now. I don't know. Only you and God know. Your greatest blessing is around the corner from the desert experience, from the wilderness experience that you have been walking through in victory and in trusting of God. It's around the corner. And Satan knew that, and that's not because he knows the future, but Satan knew that it's coming. what's coming around the corner for Jesus and that success and the victory he had in the Galilee because he reads the Bible and he believes it. <laughs> it's in the prophecies. And he wanted to derail Jesus from his greatest blessings of ministering and serving and proving his Messiahship. He wanted to sabotage his Messiahship. He will try to do the same thing to you and me. He tries to get you to throw in the towel just prior to the time of your greatest blessing. Here's a fact. Satan will try to discourage you from going into your graduation ceremony. Satan will work doubly hard just prior to God answering all of your prayers that it have been bottled up in heaven. <laughs> in fact, the reason you may be in Satan's line of fire right now is this listen carefully because he knows that the blessing is on its way, because he knows that the answer to your prayer is on its way. Remember what he did with Daniel? Remember the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 13? He got in the middle, and he stopped the answer to Daniel's prayer, how long? 21 days, three weeks? He tried to hinder the answer to prayer. Why? Why? Why did he do that? With that, What does he do that? Because Satan knows that you have waited faithfully. Because Satan knows that you have waited faithfully patiently, because Satan knows that you are about to receive victory that you have prayed for for so long, because Satan knows that the blessing is around the corner, and he's trying to get you to forfeit the blessing. He's trying to get you to forfeit it before you receive it. Florence Chadwick was the first woman to swim the English Channel— And she did not only swim one direction, as most people do, she swam in both directions and was renowned in her day. On the 4th of July, 1952, she was going to swim from the Catalina Island to the coast of California. On that day, everything was ready for her to swim across to the California coast, the challenge that Ms. Chadwick was facing that day, it wasn't the length of the swim, but on that day it happened to be the bone-chilling waters of the Pacific. <laughs> to add insult to injury, to add to the problems, to complicate matters, on that particular day there was a dense fog that had fallen on that area. As only that, those know that area, it can happen made it impossible for her to see land as she was swimming. So after 15 hours of swimming in these cold waters within half a mile of the California coast, she gave up. Her trainers and her people on the boat next to her kept on egging her on, tried to encourage her, and tried to tell her to keep going, and keep going, but to no avail. All she could see was fog. In the end, when she came out into the boat, she said the following, and I'm going to read it so I don't mess it up. (laughs) She said, I am not making excuses for myself, but had I only been able to see land, I might have made it. Had I only been able to see land, I may have made it. Well, later on, she went back, and she made it across, even though the conditions were exactly like the time before. When they asked her how come she was successful this time, in fact, she broke the men's records. Here's what she said. I kept on saying to myself, There is land out there. There is land out there. There is land out there. Now, my beloved, listen to me as I conclude. You have no less than the Lord Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit cheering you on and saying, don't give up. Don't give in. Don't surrender to your circumstances. Don't surrender to the temptations. Land is out there. Land is out there. You can win like Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.